Welcome to the sixth episode, the Halloween episode of VD Clinic, our Something Wicked This Way Comes episode. I am one of your hosts, Vanessa, and with me, as always, is David. Hello. And we have a special guest today, Jamie uh, Sammons. Say hello, Jamie. <laughs> hello, Jamie. Good <laughs> here. I am. I'm thrilled to be here, and on the Halloween episode too. Seems very appropriate. I know, right? Yes. It's almost like yes. I had a plan, but I didn't. <laughs> I don't believe you did. No, totally didn't. <laughs> I never have a plan. But for thank anything. you very much for the invitation. Yeah, I am absolutely. excited. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yes, and we are covering the movie and book, mm-hmm. which I finally finished. Which you finally finished the book? No, no, not (laughs) We'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Anyway, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, So how how are you guys? I'll throw it to Jamie first. Yeah, but I only have Jamie go because she's our guest. Oh, well. Um, Well, don't I feel special? (laughs) I am. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Um, Just uh, doing a lot of podcasting lately, which I'm... I'm excited about listening to a lot of podcasts, which I'm equally excited about. And, um, you know, working. That's about it. But life is good. Good. How about you, Vanessa? Uh, Dealing with some crazy work stuff. My office moved. But um, in addition to that, I have been guesting, actually, on uh, multiple podcasts. So doing a bit of that. Nice. What, uh, What have you done recently? I don't. I think you've told me off air, but I don't remember. Um, <laughs> well, I'm getting right. Re- well, I did just do a witch versus the doomsday clock, oh, nice. but I'm getting ready to do a- another episode of the psycho semantic cast. Ooh. Yes. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm supposed to do doomsday clock at some point, probably, when he does the noir, the noir November stuff, um, I just have to get in touch with him again to figure out when we're uh, when he's available for that and all that. I got to do. I I was able to do a lesbian vampire movie. Oh so. yeah. Oh, is that why yeah. you're watching all the Jess Franco movies? No. <laughs> I just watched Jess Franco movies because I like bad movies. Oh, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I thought you were being compelled by, by by a show you were doing. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's just because like, I was getting random texts from you about these fucking Jess Franco movies. I'm like, oh, okay. She must be guesting on some show. No, no. No. Willingly decided to watch shitty Euro, Euro sleaze. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Yes. Uh, I, I go through spurts of doing that. No, yeah, I get that. Sometimes you just need, sometimes you need Euro sleaze. No, it was hammer. It was hammer euro sleeves that uh, I was. Yeah, that's it. what I cover. Uh, <laughs> uh, so how are you, David? I'm good. Work is stupid, but you know, otherwise things are well. Um, 
trying to get more stuff watched, but not really succeeding particularly. Just don't have the time to sit down and watch movies anymore. But I got through today's movie, which is great because it was really good. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, let's see. Anything else we do through the pre-show stuff? Um, oh, yeah. Duncan will be joining us in January, which I announced. Um, as of this recording, it was a couple days ago. But when you guys are hearing this in October, it will have been a couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, Duncan will be joining us on the January episode where we will be discussing um, Until the Light Takes Us and uh, Black Metal Evolution of the Cult, which will be exciting because I'm a giant nerd for that shit. Yes, your little nerd heart is just... Oh my god, oh my god. ...leafily dancing around. I know, right? It's all good. Yeah, and we've also got some other cool stuff on the um, the schedule for eventual episodes that uh, I'm looking forward to. So, hooray! So, um... Vanessa, do you have anything you need to uh, cover before we get into our review of the movie? No. Okay. Jamie, anything you want to tell people about before we get into the movie? No. Okay. Cool. I guess so. All right. We'll be right back to uh, review something wicked. something wicked this way comes. I'm Cootie. My name is X. And I'm Chef Al. And we're your hosts on the Kiss the Goat podcast. On our show, we're going to break down some of your favorite devil movies from the past 50 years. We also drink and talk about religion. Which is a terrible idea. That is a great idea. And I'm going to give you some great recipe ideas to go along with the movies that we've been watching. We also answer questions from our listeners on every single episode. And I also frankly discuss my sex life at really inappropriate times. Ah, she does! I do! It's a thing! I tell terrible jokes saying what I'm drunk. And I haven't been paid yet. They said they would pay me, and they, uh... Kiss the Goat! Exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. Uh, seriously? Can I get some money? Just do the job, Al. Hellfire storms are coming. An electric storm to clean your streets and wash away your troubles. For every heart, there exists a wish. You ever play the numbers, Mr. Holloway? Hey, uh, never take risks. For every soul, there burns a desire. Oh, it's up. Always was. It smells to me like we're gonna have visitors. <laughs> Whisper your dreams, for someone might be listening. <laughs> and for every wish, there will be a price. For every desire, there will be be a cost. Three o'clock. They call it the soul's midnight. My name is Mr. Dark. I advise you to respect it. Dad, please be careful. Will. Will. Uh, these boys I'm looking for, 
Perhaps you know them? Fine morning. Fine. Both of them quite a credit to this little town, if you want to know the truth. I do want to know the truth, sir. And the truth is that you are lying. I am pricking up my thumb something wicked this way, God. Then rang the bells, both loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. Where do you come from? The dust. Where do you go to? The grave. Yes. We are the hungry ones. Your torments call us like dogs in the night. And we do feed. And feed well. Tell me where the boys are hiding. And I can make you young again. Ray Bradbury's fantasy tale of light and darkness is getting closer. Something wicked this way comes. Something Wicked This Way Comes. This was released in 1983, and the synopsis is, In a small American town, a diabolical circus and its demonic proprietor prey on the townsfolk. Which is pretty straightforward. Um, This was actually a PG film from Disney, of all people. And this was directed by Jack Clayton based on, or I'm sorry, and the screenplay was also, was written by Ray Bradbury, based on his book. Uh, the stars Jason Robards as Charles Holloway, Jonathan Price as Mr. Dark, Diane Ladd as Miss Nightshade, uh, Roy Aldano as uh, Tom Fury, Vidal Peterson as Will Holloway, Sean Carson as Jim Nightshade, uh, Mary Grace Canfield as Miss Foley, and Pam, Pam motherfucking Greer. Greer. Yes, I was getting Pam Greer. <laughs> Pam Greer is the Dust Witch. Looking beautiful yes. in this film. She right? does look fantastic. She can do no wrong, in my opinion. Even though she doesn't say anything in the movie, unfortunately. She's like, no dialogue. Well, she did do the, you know, slow the heart. Slow, oh, right. right. Slowest. You know, which I thought was very creepy and effective. Yes, but... that was really good. Yes. So I, this is the, the first time I've finally actually... <laughs> seen this movie all the way through because i've seen parts of it over the years apparently on cable at various times um i realized this as i was watching the movie and going wait why have i seen this part before oh right so yeah this movie is actually incredibly charming um i know vanessa was kind of complaining about it or it texted me saying it was a very obviously a disney movie um but i kind of i kind of appreciate that about it oh Um, no i appreciate it but it is there is a certain thing where you're like, oh, God, it is so Disney. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, it, even if you didn't know it, you would know it. Yeah. Right. But even it, it's kind of, it's that weird, like, late 70s, early 80s Disney where they're like, uh, we don't really know what the fuck we're doing right now, but we're going to try and attract an older audience. So let's do some really weird shit like this right. and Return to Oz and Tron and all these other really great movies that kind of didn't do well. Um, but yeah, this is an awesome. I actually really enjoy this movie. Um, Jonathan price is fucking fantastic as Mr. Dark. Um, and yeah, the special effects actually hold up really, really well. I, so that was something I was actually very impressed with. Yes. The special effects you're, um, you're much better than you'd expect. Yeah. Actually. Um, I thought the, the way they handled the, um, shit, 
the Mr. Cougar scene at the beginning, or in the middle, rather, um, when he's being converted into a child. Child, um, right. I thought that was actually really, really well done. Um, not to get too much into the book, because um, we're doing that separately. But in the book, the way it's described, it's a lot weirder and kind of more gross. And I was like, all right, how the hell are they going to do that? Because I'm like, I knew it was a Disney movie. And I'm like, all right, this is like PG. This is a PG movie. With the, what what well, are they going to do? Well, I think it was before they had PG-13. Yeah, that, well, that too. So I was like, okay, I know this is before PG-13, so I know they can kind of get away with some shit. But like, how far are they really going to push this? Because it is Disney. But it's also like, you know. But it was when they were dark. Right. So I was like, all right, let's see where this goes. And then I was like, oh, that's actually really clever. And like, that looked really cool. Um, it was just a really nice visual effect. And then I think at the end, um, I was kind of, at first I was like when they're, when, you know, um, dark is on and it's going forward, like the makeup doesn't look super great at first, but then like when they introduced, like when the puppet replaces him, I thought the puppet looked fucking fantastic. Like that was some prime grade a Disney quality puppetry right there. I was like, yes, awesome. That puppet is creepy as fuck. I was waiting for Jamie to step uh, in. <laughs> no, we're all just like, like, come on, come on. So, Jamie, oh, I'm, Jamie, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Have you seen this before? Yes. Um, once, one other time. I saw it when I was very young. And, well, I mean, I'm very young, but it was when, like, around the time that it came out. So I was probably about 10 years old. I was, like, nine when this hit. So, um and I remember being really intrigued by the title, and I thought, you know, ooh, like I was, I was excited to see it because it was something wicked. This way comes. It sounds really fantastic. And I watched it on television, and I wonderful world of Disney. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I was bored. Um, I wanted something. I, I, it wasn't scary. It wasn't dark enough. Like I just. I was like, oh, I, I mean, I remember being very let down by it. And I was like, well, that's a shame. And I haven't watched it since. And I kind of figured later on, it's not like I held on to that, that idea of it. Like, you know, well, I don't want to watch that again because it was crap. I mean, I never thought that. I kind of assumed that if I were to watch it now, I'd ha- I would have a deeper appreciation for it. I just never did. So I watched it for this show. And I was right. I did. I, I now find it. Uh, I think charming is a very good word for it, David. I, I now find it interesting. I really enjoy the characters. I was emotionally involved. There's a scene where Jason Robards uh, is, um, he's talking to his son and his son's friend, and he's got, um, he tells him he's like, meet me at the library later, and his son kind of puts his finger, and he's talking to him through a great. Oh yeah. And his son puts his fingers up through the grate and he just sort of, you know, takes his fingers. And there's a moment that passes there that as a child it didn't really mean anything to me. I'm sure mm. I don't honestly remember that scene from being a kid, but I'm sure it didn't. Um but now as an adult I it it means a lot and it actually brought tears to my eyes because I thought wow, that's a I mean it was a very special moment. And it also made me realize there's something about this story that I like in that the the father plays a huge role where traditionally yeah. in films where kids are into something, 
either the parents are completely unaware, like they are just kind of going about their daily lives and they have no idea what's going on, or they're they don't believe them. Right. You know, it's the the parents are always the ones who don't believe and they end up having to go to someone else, like some um eccentric person in town who will end up helping them or whatever. But in this particular story, it's the father who ends up being sort of the hero, which is a really big thing for the son and the father for their relationship. It it I don't know, I really like that there's a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it quite a bit this time. It, uh, it what, what I thought was funny is I didn't recall Pam Greer being in this movie because I'm pretty sure when I saw it the first time, I didn't even know who she was. So I didn't right. think anything of it. But with the first time we see her, I was like, oh, I was like, wow. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, wow, what a beautiful woman. The woman was very pretty. I was like, she looks like Pam Greer. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, oh, it is indeed. It is, it is. Pam Greer. <laughs> So that would explain that. Yeah. Uh, I think Jonathan Price is oh, amazing. So good. so good. He's perfect for this role. Yeah. And he has this sort of exotic sexiness about him that is just, you know, a little dark, a little twisted, a little menacing, but very alluring at the same time. So I, I think that uh, they really couldn't have done any better mm-hmm. with the casting of this. And, the, you know, his just his delivery. Uh, I love his his soliloquies that he had. I mean, he just yeah. he's he's fantastic. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. And the kids, you know, I like the kids. Um, it is very Disney. Yeah. Um, but, you know, overall, I this is I'm glad that I watched it again at a time when I could appreciate it more. Yeah. Definitely. Vanessa? Yes. Well, I've, I, <laughs> I like Jamie, did see it when it came out. And I think it was on the wonderful world of Disney, Jamie, because I'm, I'm like a year older than you. Mm-hmm. And I know I saw it on TV when it came out in the 80s. That makes sense, because I, I did watch that a lot. So Yeah, so I'm betting it was then. <laughs> but I actually watched it a couple years ago. Because I had I reread the book then, and then watched the film then, so this wasn't like I hadn't watched it that long ago. But um, no, I enjoy I enjoy it. It um, I was it. There's something about Bradbury stories that I really enjoy. Um, and he, you can see it too on the Twilight Zone episodes that he wrote, just the way he constructs a story and pulls, you know, he keeps you pulled in, but, um, it's nothing like overly complicated. Um, and Jonathan Price, you're right. The casting is fantastic with him. He just has a a certain presence that you can't deny. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, the special effects, like we were saying earlier, it's they're they they work, they work. But yes, like I said, there are moments where it is oh so Disney, and <laughs> they had oh so Disney sets. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh wow, we just walked onto a Disney studio. To, <laughs> like, <laughs> I I don't know. I kind of 
I and think I, that kind of that artifice actually kind of helps in a weird way. Yeah, it does work. Because the we're dealing with such a fantastical story as it is with you know the the story of this old man or it's because it's about Jim or Will and his it's about Will and Jim, but it's also about Will and his dad. And you know his dad is feels his dad feels bad because he's you know old and doesn't know how to relate to his kid, and he's also got this whole thing about you know how Jim's father saved Will when he was younger and how he couldn't he has this great regret about that. Um, right, which plays into the end of the movie really well, and the um, the Hall of Mirror stuff, which was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, since everything is sort of it's 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 the because the story is, is so fantastical with this you know this carnival of and this evil dude showing up, um, you know it's sort of the 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 the, the, the town square looks fake as shit. I will give you that. <laughs> it like, looks like it's a made-for-TV movie in some places. It really does, yeah. Even though it's not. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting that you should say that because I felt like I, I was thinking, we were even watching it this time, I was like, it feels like they made it for TV. And I actually thought it was. I thought that that's why I watched it on TV, was that it was made for like <laughs> made for TV. But, um, it was it, it definitely has that aesthetic to it mm-hmm. even though there are some shots that i think are gorgeous i like just um i do love the colors that are used here and there's one particular scene of um like a horizon shot yeah. that is just has beautiful oranges and it definitely evokes you know, the, just, the seasonal feeling it's trying to oh for sure oh, yes definitely definitely yeah, yeah i like maybe i appreciate it more now because i am closer to the jason robards character than <laughs> 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 who's supposed to be 54 oh that's it really well <laughs> it's in the book right I think um so yeah i think he's only supposed to be 54 which jason robards looks older yeah yeah i was actually thinking he was like 60 64 um, yeah but um, and, like Will's supposed, like the kids are supposed to be twelve, but Will looks like he's like eight. Yeah, yeah, the kids definitely look younger than twelve, and they act younger than twelve. Yeah, you know, right, right. But um, I well, I don't know. When I was twelve, I was maybe I was still going on adventures and stuff with my friends. I mean, it was you know, I don't know. But I, I kind of feel what I would like about the Robert's character is that you know this whole regret thing is his and how he's lived because you know he's the librarian so he's Mm. lived his life through the dreams of other men and all of that and you know i think all of us at some point when you reach adulthood because when you're a child you have uh you know the whole your whole life is ahead of you and you have all these dreams and ideas and things that you could do and would do and want to do and um, but then you get to adulthood and there are many of those things that you have left behind in, in some of our cases, all of them maybe. And mm. it's, um, it can be very sobering. And sometimes, uh, if you allow yourself to get caught up in your own head, it can be very depressing yes. to think about the things that you have never done or had always thought you would do but somehow you've are you've reached this age and you haven't and it's it it can bring you down if you allow it to 
And so I do really connect with his character on that level, Mm -hmm. uh, which is something I never obviously would have done as a child. So, um, yeah, I think that's why in this one, I, that I think it, that's why it affected me, uh, more so on an emotional level, uh, with his relationship with Will Mm. and, you know, how Will sees his father and, and then, I don't know, it just, it, it got my brain going on, a, on, in all these adulty thoughts. And, yeah. um, I'm, I really like the way that it ended up. Yeah. Also that scene with Pam Greer in the library where she's slowing his heart. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, that worked for me. Yeah. It, it well, I, like, I liked that. And, um, I liked the, the bit before that where Jonathan Price is just ripping the pages out of the book. Oh, that's yeah. And he's just threatening. He's like, Oh yeah, I can make you younger. And just like threatening. He's like, Oh, just all these gone. years just gone. Oh, gone. it's so good. Yeah, Brian yeah. actually, um, he knows that he knows this film better than I. He's seen it numerous times. Mm. But um, when we were watching it, he was ba- he was kind of like quoting along with it. And he's just like, "This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Is that whole library scene?" Mm. And it uh, it's really, I think, really well done, really powerful, yeah. and that's where Price's performance reaches its peak for yeah. me because he just yeah just bam. No, it's and that's where I think him being a stage actor comes in handy. I mean, it's he can elevate a certain the presence. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it requires it, sort of theatricality. Right, right, exactly. Is that a word? Did I just make that? <laughs> no, it is a word. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know you have him you you have him playing against Jason Robards and I mean Jason Robards has you know the chops too so it, Jason Robards isn't overwhelmed and right. I, I you know again it just goes back to excellent casting. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean those two are the main our main focus there, and then of course the kids and the kids are both really good although Will frustrated me for, periodically throughout the movie. Um, but I just think that's the kid himself. He's just a yeah. He had weird moments as an actor. I'm just like, ugh, shut up. <laughs> what um, is it about Disney with blonde kids and glasses? Or... I don't know. <laughs> that is a thing. They love their blonde kids with glasses. Was one of Disney's children blonde and wore glasses? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it gives them a sort of innocence or something. I'm not. I I I don't really. I don't know. Um, yeah, this is an interesting town too. You know, you've got all these the, the characters in this town. Yeah. You know, the right. scar guy who's obsessed with money, the barber who is obsessed with you know exotic ladies, the the teacher who was supposedly at one point the most beautiful woman in town. Which right. you know, I saw her when she was younger, and she was in Green Acres, and no, she was never the most beautiful. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) terrible plus there's that midget clown which (laughs) (laughs) no the midget came with the circus Uh, no i know but it's just it'll i mean if you have a if people out there have a fear of clowns and then some people have a fear of midgets and then you have this midget clown and then it's just like oh you know i don't know fair enough and then, I of like course, the, the, the I barman. Like the, oh, right. 
The one arm. I have to. I have to tell you, this fills me with a certain amount of glee because my mother is a clown and she was in uh, the Great Circus Parade a few years, which was in, uh, it's in Milwaukee. And they have like, like basically all the world-class carnival circus performers of any kind. And so much of that, when I watch this movie, it makes me think of like these really like serious performers that you see in uh, that kind of venue. It just, uh, I don't know, the amount of times I've had to go see, <laughs> see the whole, you know, whatever big to do of all the three ring circus and such. It's just. <laughs> Your mother is a clown? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I just. I think she's called the dancing fool. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, just, um, she looks more like a court jester. (laughs) That is really, I mean, that's really awesome. I love that. I think that's fantastic. I don't personally have a fear of clowns. I have never understood that. I mean, I, I was as a kid, I wasn't crazy about them. Not that they scared me. I just never thought they were all that interesting, (laughs) but, um, um, I don't know. I do think I, there's a, I don't know. It's a, there's, there's something kind of cool about making that choice and, and that taking on that persona, especially, I mean, oh, now they have to deal with a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that whole clown sighting thing of last year, like that must've been frustrating as hell. Yeah. 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 There were, uh, all these different protests in New York of all these different like birthday clowns because of like it and they're getting these and all these other clown sightings that were, have been going on for whatever a year they're saying they can't get, they keep getting like gigs canceled. (laughs) Wow. The life of a clown, (laughs) the life of a clown. Oh my God. That song always made me cry. <laughs> we don't need you crying, Jamie. <laughs> you cry on enough podcasts. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh okay. Um let's see, is there anything else? But uh, I think with this they captured, you know, the the whole, you know, carnival perfectly with the you know, the calliope and yes. whatever else. Like they they brought it to, I mean, because it is supposed to be an older time period, even though they were making it in the early 80s. It right. still doesn't quite feel so old-timey. Yeah, it's got a, it's hard to place what time it's supposed to be in, but it's like it's, I assume it's sometime after the First World War, considering right. the, the, the barman with his one leg and one arm. Um, right. But then it's also like, well, like it's never really addressed. It's not really important. It's just sort of like it's, you know, it's before. Yeah, it, exactly. And again, because the because every the all all of this sort of stuff is kind of vague. Of like, we well, we know it's in Illinois, right? Green Green Town or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's some point in time, and it's before, and there's just all this weird stuff. So. 
you know, it's a it's a wonderfully fantastical story, and then of course the the storm comes and destroys everything at the end, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was a really really fun movie. I like it. I'm glad that I watched it. I'm glad that I watched it again. I mm. I'm sure I yeah. would have gotten around to it eventually, but you know how sometimes you just need something to give you a reason to and right. Um, and especially something you saw as a kid. Right. And that I was underwhelmed by originally because I was just like, uh, I kept putting it off, you know. Right. And, but it, you know what it was is when I was that age, I wanted, I wanted uh, gore. I wanted scary, like really like coming at you scary. Like when I wanted, to, if I wanted to see a movie about a carnival, I wanted to see something like The Fun House, you know. Right. Um, that's where I was at the time, and to me, that was that was what horror was. It wasn't uh, subtle, and I guess this isn't really horror. Um, I mean, I guess it is. I'm not. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> kind of. It's, it's considered. Yeah. considered it's yeah. Dark. It's like it's dark fantasy horror. Like dark. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I guess I just I wanted something darker mm. uh, when I was is that age and I didn't have time for it's like I told Brian earlier it's like when I was that age I didn't have time for subtle nuance (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just uh, which may I don't know may seem odd to today but Vanessa you know we've actually had this conversation before and and uh, and I've heard you talk about a lot too you're basically in the same boat I was as far as um, um, growing up on horror where as kids nowadays are are sheltered a lot more from that sort of thing and i hear people all the time talking about how you know well i have kids now so i can't watch horror movies like i used to and i'm like God, why is that a thing like <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I mean, um i mean i was you know popped out of the womb watching horror and i'm very glad that uh, that it was that way because it made me who i am today and i love who i am today as far as that goes so I, and I don't think there's any, anything severely wrong with me for that. You know, I'm not a serial <laughs> killer or anything, um, at least yet. So, uh, I don't know, but there seems to be some sort of, like, pervasive idea that children can't handle that sort of thing now and or that they shouldn't be uh, exposed to it. Whereas, you know, I remember being a kid and handling it just fine. You know, I was hungry for it. I wanted it. it, it and still am so um yeah i don't know i'm not sure where i was going with that i got lost i got lost in tirade i'm sorry um about giving you know the movie what a second chance hmm about giving the movie a second chance i think that's where you oh were. right 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 yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so anyway i'm glad that i did because you know now i understand more about it than i would have than i did at the time when i was just a little kid and all i wanted was death you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, is there anything else we want to discuss about this movie before we? Uh... So, would you recommend it, Jamie? Oh, I absolutely would. I I would. There's um, there's a lot of heart to it. There's I like what it has to say, and it you know it it does handle the dark nicely. I think there are some there are some 
points here that, I mean, it has sort of a whimsy to it mm-hmm. and a fantastical feel, but it does have some really darker portions that I think are handled really well. And uh, if you've never seen it, I'd say, yeah, give it give it a shot. Okay. Um, Vanessa? <clears throat> I absolutely would recommend it. Um, I think that it would appeal to people who like different genres. It's because it's not a pure horror, you know, it's, it is a certain fantasy, a certain, I guess, a sci-fi element, you know, a mystery type element. And it is technically, I guess, young adult. So you could have someone, you know, who is younger reading it. Um, And that might be a good way too to get, you know, someone who is younger into um, a more horror or sci-fi fantasy type genre. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would definitely recommend this for if you're looking for something to watch with your kids on Halloween. Oh yeah. And if you think I'm a yeah. crazy person for all the stuff I said earlier, <laughs> and you're like, do you jail with that? You know? No, <laughs> no, exactly. This is something I think would be perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it's it's scary enough for a little kid and still, you know, has enough, you know, stuff there for a slightly older kid who would be interested in seeing this probably for, you know. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. This would be a good um, Halloween kids movie. Uh, generally, though, I would I would recommend this. This is actually a really good movie. Um, you know, yeah, it does kind of look like a TV movie at times. Um, but it kind of all works. Like, I don't think the direction is particularly great, generally speaking. Like, the shot to shot isn't very interesting. Um, but it's still, like I said, the, the special effects are really good. The performances are all fantastic. Um, the story is very fun. or the, A well-done story, and Bradbury manages to get his little bits of dialogue chunks that are people saying lots of things out there so you can established characters and stuff and yeah it's it's good i really enjoyed it unfortunately it's not available on streaming so you have to buy it on uh, dvd or rent it on dvd oh right if it's a, if that's a thing Whatever. you can do anymore hey i got mine through netflix oh oh that's right i keep forgetting that they still rent discs <laughs> have uh have they done a blu-ray release of this i not that i'm aware of um okay. i don't know because Amazon only shows a listing for the DVD. Hmm. So I don't know. And I, I think it's just like a bare bones Disney release. I don't know if they've... I want. I seem to think that there might have been a special edition release of this at some point. Or maybe I hallucinated that. <laughs> but I could have sworn I saw like a press release at some point for like a special edition of this or some shit. But I could have absolutely hallucinated that or misremembered it as some other movie. Uh, anyway. So yeah, that's something we c- this way comes. We all recommend it. Check it out. We'll be right back to discuss the book. Hey, you like podcasts about food? Well, how about chains? Boy, howdy, are you in luck? <laughs> I'm Cootie. My name is X, and you might know us from the wildly successful Kiss the Goat podcast. But when we're not drinking fine white wine and helling Satan, we're watching animal attack movies. Holes in the ozone layer. Giant rodents. Packs of wild creatures roaming the streets in search of the most dangerous prey. 
humanity. Join us and a special guest animal expert. I'm going to have your health, Inspector Bad Grabowski. Hi, I'm Allison. <laughs> I've tried a lot of stuff. You never smashed an ant and smelled it? Every other Thursday on the food chain where nature runs amok and mankind is always on the menu. That's the food chain exclusively on the Legion Podcast Network. Animal attack, bitches! Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This Way Comes. This is a novel by Ray Bradbury. This was released in 1962. And the synopsis via Wikipedia is Something Wicked, Something Wicked This Way Comes is about 13-year-old best friends Jim Nightshade and William Halloway and their nightmarish experience with a traveling carnival that comes to their Midwestern town in October. Uh, and that's the gist of it. I mean, the rest of it, it goes over the rest of it um, pretty extensively. But yeah, that's the, the basic plot of the uh the story <clears throat> so this is actually the first time i've actually finished this book um considering i've started trying to read it like at least twice i want to say right because um, i remember this... i picked it up a couple of years ago and started reading it and then didn't finish it um and then finally for this show i was like oh yeah and then it took me fucking forever to finish because holy shit ray bradbury can get wordy yeah fuck i mean i I understand the man loves the english language but jesus christ like and i don't mean to i don't mean to sound like i'm shitting on the book because i actually did enjoy the book i thought the book was actually pretty good um i wasn't crazy about the ending um mostly because i thought mr dark's demise was handled better in the movie um it was kind of anticlimactic in the book right um which was disappointing um but i also they also do the carousel gimmick in the book way earlier so it's kind of like oh shit they're not going to kill dark with the carousel are they because they just spent that scene here with mr cougar huh all right well see where this goes um but yeah um it, it the my biggest criticism is the book is incredibly wordy um almost to a detriment at times um because he gets Radbury falls in love with his own descriptions i think a little too often in this book um because there will be points where he'll describe something and then describe it three or four more times in different ways like with the fucking um the whistle on the train when uh, Jim and Will are chasing after it in the night when it's arriving in town. Right. He describes it like three or four different ways. I'm like, I got it the first time. For the love of God, can we please just move along? <laughs> like, I get it. It sounds real bad. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me four times. Right. It's like, I, did, did, I don't, it's like, did he have a, an editor? Because apparently he worked on this book for like four years or some shit. According to the afterword. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, did you, did this not see an editor? And especially at the end. Holy shit. The end is, is definitely what is, I was falling asleep on the end. And this was the third time I've read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read it first when I was probably 13, 14, something around there. Right. And, um, and then I read it 
a couple years ago. And this time, I probably didn't have to read it again, but I decided I was going to. And Mm -hmm. just, you know, and man, that end is, you're right, he's wordy. And I I enjoy Ray Bradbury. Everything of his that I've ever read, Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed. But whereas when we talked about Year 11 and... (coughs) his word economy that he had with Stepford Wives. Yeah. This is not, you see the complete opposite here. Yeah, this is very much, uh, that's a really good comparison because Stepford was very, very economical in its, in its language and was very quick and to the point. And, and said and, so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the big thing was that like I could see you can when you're reading when I read Stepford, I could see, I could see everything that was being described. I could see what the characters looked like. I had a good idea of what everything looked like in my head, but everything it was very just here we go, just boom, boom, boom with things, and it was just like, oh yeah, I, I there was never a point where I didn't know where something was, or the the geometry of a scene, um, where in comparison I had that problem with something wicked, where there were times where I wasn't sure. The, there was so much description going on and the description tended to get kind of flowery. They got very flowery frequently. Right. Um, that it became kind of hard to follow a scene at times. Um, like the showdown between Dark and and Jim's dad, or Will's dad rather, right. in the library. Like he's wandering around and then he's smoking a cigarette and... And then it, it, there's it, it was very hard to kind of follow where those two characters were at any given point in that sequence, and it was kind of frustrating. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, you do have that kind of moment where it's like, is it just me or is it actually the book? Mm-hmm. Am I, uh, you know, it? And I'm, which was, which is kind of reassuring to hear you. <laughs> that (laughs) because I was reading it and uh, there were moments like that scene Mm -hmm. where something it all of a sudden is like wait you had a groove going and then you got hung up and distracted on going on and on about this one thing and now a little bit more stage direction would have been nice right just, right. just to, to help frame the sequence, because I think the 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 in contrast the dust witch scene, a couple of pages later when she's attacking um, Will's dad is Will's dad. works way better. Absolutely, like you have a clear vision of what's happening and where she's at in relation to Will's dad, and that whole sequence plays out really well. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, and, and it's weird because like he doesn't there's it doesn't happen all the time. But right. there are sequences here and there throughout the book where it's just it's really tough to follow what's supposed to be happening because he's gone off on a tangent of describing shit. <laughs> and this is an this is a this is a story of his where I think I said this when we were talking about the movie too mm-hmm. of where Bradbury is great as far as if he were coming up with a screenplay. Yeah. Um, which is why I think the movie of this works better. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of high, co- high concept ideas in this that translate really well to the screen. Yes. 
Yes, and it it's a little easier to steer your way through some of these scenes where in the book he gets just really wordy. Yeah. And lost like, in description. Yeah. It can be just done very quickly when you see it on screen. Right. Like the when he when Will takes out the the dust witch's balloon. Like it I, I didn't realize he had been hanging I didn't actually realize he was he had somehow attached himself to the to her basket. Like I thought he was still on the ground or something, but apparently right. he was on the roof of yeah. this abandoned house. I was like, wait, what? And then all of a sudden he's falling and I was like, wait, what? He wait what? Yeah. When was he hanging on? I was like okay. I it's something I had to read multiple times to make sure I was reading it correctly. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I I figured I was just a little bit tired and maybe I missed something when I was reading that part. And that's exactly what I thought too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just at that point I was just like, all right, he's apparently holding onto the basket. I guess he was on the roof. Sure. And now he's falling into a tree. But first we have to go on about how the balloon is dying for several paragraphs. And some of his descriptions are very nice to read. Oh yeah. You know, some really good. If you really... want to get lost in description. Oh yeah. He has some great places to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the, um, and I will actually go ahead and quote it cause I copied it into my notebook. Uh-huh. Um, there was a line, hang on, I'm waiting for it to load up. There we go. Uh, and this is the this is shortly after they found Miss Foley as a child, which I thought, and that's the other thing I really liked about the book versus the movie in this in this one case is that the in the movie the townspeople just become like weird exhibits in the show, right? Whereas in the book, like Miss Foley is completely is reverted completely to a child. Um, the lightning rod salesman becomes like this mad dwarf um i don't remember if we really know what happened to the the guy who the barber we just know he disappeared right and i think that they might have hinted at him being one of the the freaks but i honestly it wasn't super clear um anyway so the 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 line was no no way to tell the strangeness and nothing to do but weep under a tree alone in the autumn rain which is just so, oh God, it was so good. When I read that line, I was just like, oh, and like, it, I always find it interesting to see what lines people highlight in books. Right. And a lot of times it's not, it's stuff that's like, eh, it's not that interesting. Or it's something that, you know, someone f- finds vaguely profound and you're just like, wow, you're dumb. Um, but there were a couple of good ones in this book. Um, that one was not one of them, unfortunately, um, <laughs> until I highlighted it because that shit was awesome. Holy fuck. <laughs> like, that was the point I felt like that sequence, that little bit of that that line there was like, wow, I kind of love this book. There's and some then, wonderful lines like that in here. Yeah. And then we go on to the rest of the book. and I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And at least and, and like at least I'd seen the movie already. So I kind of knew where we were going right which helped and i was like okay cool so we're gonna okay so they're under the thing and this scene is taking fucking forever and then we finally get to the library and it's like okay can we on with the expository dialogue please i mean i I do actually and here's the funny thing it's actually kind of really appreciated 
the time that he took to let that bond between Will and his dad really grow towards the end. Right. Um, which I don't want to say came out of nowhere because it's it's clearly a major focus of the story is that like there's this there seems to be, it's addressed at the very beginning of the book is like there's this seems to be this disconnect between Will's dad and Will, you know, because Will's right. dad's like 54 and he's, he feels like he's so old, which is f- fucking absurd to me, but okay. But his son's supposed to be what, eight? He's like 13. Ten? Or something like that. They're you know 13. what I mean, though? It, it's yeah. pretty, a good four years younger than what he is. Right, right. Um, and and I, that actually was kind of touching, like the whole father-son thing. Right. Um, and it was, you know, that's, uh, it's you know, I have a very complicated relationship with my own dad. So this sort of thing, like, always kind of warms my heart a bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I thought, like, that all of his dialogue there was really good and felt like, okay, this is the point that Bradbury, this was why Bradbury was writing this book basically was right. here was the central point here's all he put all the fantastical shit around it so he could be like hey you know it's okay to get old and you know this trying to show this connection between these two characters which is actually really good um but yeah god damn it this, i i feel like the movie like you said the movie's a little bit better i think the movie streamlined the story much more effectively um there were elements of the book that having now finished the book and the movie are things I wish had been in the movie. Um, yeah, I think the playing up the freaks a little bit more or having showing the townspeople changed as actual, like in an interesting way in the movie would have been a lot more, would have been a lot better. Um, I think honestly, I think a different and a more interesting director probably would have done a better job with it anyway. True, but that's neither here nor there. Um, although I did, I did appreciate in the little bit at the end, um, in the afterward when Bradbury is talking about how the book came about and how Sam Peckinpah at one point was attached to the book or attached to to make the film. He's like, "What? So what are you gonna do?" He's like, "I'm gonna tear the pages out of your book and stuff them into the into the 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 lens." I was like, "Damn." <laughs> what 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 fucking timeline do I have to go find where Sam Peckinpah made fucking Aww. something wicked with this wicked this way comes? I need that. I, I know, just <laughs> like holy shit. Just one time, I need to watch that. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's not it's not a terrible book. Um, I had like I said, I have my complaints as far as it being a bit wordy at times, and it does kind of right it drifts here and there with direction of as far as scenes are going and you can't, it's a little hard to tell where people are distracting. Yeah. Um, and, and I get it. It It's because most of the book is following a couple of, te- you know, preteens basically. Um, you know, so it's going to have that kind of, it makes sense that it has that kind of wild, you know, sort of let's describe a lot of different things or let's describe this thing and keep describing it because, you know, that's how kids' heads work, basically. You know, um, and it gets a little bit more focused when we deal with the adults, but even then it's still, um, there are chunks where, I'm, where it was, like I said, it's it was hard to follow what it, where exactly everyone was in a scene because there wasn't enough, like, stage direction, basically. Um, 
but you get a you get a random chapter like chapter 31 <laughs> all of a sudden and i took a picture of this and texted it to you and i'm yeah. like really are you fucking kidding me and no, the chapter the entire <laughs> chapter is nothing much else happened comma all the rest of the night and i'm just like are you come on ray bradbury you have <laughs> to do that it, it just, right it, it, because like the previous chapter like that, that you're kind of like that is so unnecessary yeah and i want to say the like, i think the last chapter had you needed an editor yeah like the last chapter or something i think was the first time i think the, or the kids came home late or something i don't remember exactly what had happened previously but like some major event had happened in the, in the chapter previous yeah and then we have that and it's just like what and then we go on with the rest of the story. I'm like, you could have just jumped to the Jump. next day. Or they, could, or they could have had that sentence in the same chapter as right. chapter 30. You did not need to make an additional chapter. Just right. that one sentence. That sentence was not that important. No. <laughs> like, and I've seen that done, but I've, I've seen that same gimmick done before. Um, and it can work. Yes, but it but wasn't time done it just anywhere wasn't... else. No, I think that was the only chapter like that. And it just stuck out so much. And then I didn't find it happen again, which made it stick out even more. (laughs) Yeah, that was like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Again, you need an editor to tell you that's not a necessary way to set up your, you know, (laughs) your spacing of your chapters and paragraphs and such and right oh so yeah the 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 i was a little disappointed with the mirrors in this one again because i thought that it was handled but again it was handled better in the movie and in this time it it was again hard to follow what was happening in the scene because he was describing so much and it was sort of like i'm not entirely sure what's happening really like, yes, that was another that was another place where I had to read it a couple times to make sure I was reading it correctly. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, I'm like, what, what, wait, what? Oh, okay, I guess, I guess, okay, right. I'm like, oh, I, eventually it was like, okay, I guess they're just they're standing in the fucking mirror maze. Right. You know, and weird, you know, the mirror maze is whatever it is, and it's doing its thing, and it's showing Will's dad as an old man. And, Okay. Okay. This makes sense now. Just... And any time I hear of a mirror maze now, <laughs> mm-hmm. all I can think of is the James Bond movie, The Man with the Golden Gun, with Christopher <laughs> Lee and the Mirror Maze. <laughs> I totally forgot about that mirror maze. <laughs> That's all I can think of for some reason now when I hear mirror maze. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the. I don't know how I feel about the let's destroy evil with laughter and love shit. That's it's a little corny. Absolutely. And I get it because it was written in the sixties. So I get it. And it was written more as a young adult. Right. It's made. For, it, yeah. I get that too. So I'm not super judgmental of it. Um, I mean, at first, like when, when he defeats the dust, witch by laughing at her, I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of cool. Like, right, right they, they feed on fear, so you're going to have to fight that with laughter and, and joy because they can't, okay, yeah, sure. You know, and then, like, the bullet thing, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of neat, sure. Um, But 
then let me smack my son around, tell him to stop crying and act like a fool so he can bring his best friend back to life was sure. Oh, and like I said, and fucking Mr. Dark's death was fucking so anticlimactic. He's just like, I'm a kid now. And, or it, he turns himself into a kid and then tries to lure Will's dad into something, some sort of trap. But Will's dad's too smart for that nonsense. And yes, then hugs yes. him to death, I guess. I think that's what happened. Like, he hugged him to death. Yeah. And Something then, like that. It's yeah, and then, like, his tattoos. Moments that are unclear. Yeah, his, like, tattoos melted off or something, and then he died. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then all the freaks just run off into the night, and I was expecting, like, okay, are they going <laughs> to be returned to normal now because the power has been broken? Is the carnival going to just fucking get blown up or something? Like, what, what, what's going on? I'm, I, you know, I needed that, you know, like the end of the movie, we get right. that ni- nice catharsis. The evil has been vanquished, and now it's, you know, the world Ooh. is righting itself by de- by destroying it. Right. We don't get that. We just get well. There, we're gonna be having to deal with this for the rest of our lives. And I'm like, okay, I get that you're not actually. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're not actually talking about the carnival at this point. You're make you're talking about you know the temptations of of life and all that nonsense. And I think that's what you're getting at. Right. But this is also a fantasy novel, so maybe you're literally... <laughs> Again, can we be a little bit clearer here about what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's... Um, the ending is, is weak, in my opinion. Yeah. I en- I still... It doesn't take away from me enjoying reading it. No. But, you know, it's it's just that ending is, is disappointing and weak to me. Yeah. It's a very Stephen King ending. <laughs> and that it, it, you know just the fucking yeah love wins hooray all right sure right you know and it, I, I don't know i was i think i expected more from the ending like i mean i was fine with like okay sure they vanquished the evil with joy all right that's fine but then like again i was expecting like so we know the tattoos could affect people they represented because we saw that earlier with the dust witch at one point and you know when he was clenching his hand he was affecting the boys right and then it's like okay then the just the freaks just wander off just fuck off into the night <laughs> with the tiny corpse of mr mr dark and i'm like um okay how are you gonna explain that one to the cops right and then they just run off together into the night and then it just sort of ends and I'm like, okay. Pretty yeah. Fucked up. Otherwise. Yeah. I, um, it's, I've read plenty of Ray Bradbury. This is not my favorite. Mm. Um, but it's, a, it's an enjoyable read. Yeah. You just have to really be able to sit and invest in it because it is, it's a heavy, it's, a, it's because it's so wordy. It's a, it's a dense read. And that does kind of, you have to really take the time to focus on what you're reading so you can follow what's going on. Because um, like we said, it's not always super clear. Yeah. But again, we, we end up reading when we're tired. So that doesn't help right. the situation. True. <laughs> That's why I kept thinking, is it just me? <laughs> is it really no, no. wordy? <laughs> no, no, it's super wordy. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to discuss about this book? No, or... not that I can think of. All right. I think we've said pretty much. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, um, I would definitely recommend this. Um, if you haven't read it, it's definitely worth a read. Uh, it is a bit wordy, like I said. So be Again, for that. That cave- you have to have that caveat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bit wordy and it's a, you know, it is it's a little hard to follow at times as far as what's happening um, because sometimes scenes are not clearly laid out. Um, but otherwise it's still a really, a really enjoyable read, even though the ending kind of doesn't land great. Um, and because, and because it is a young adult novel, right? I would definitely, it's a good way to get a younger reader into something that's horror or sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there are some really, there are some really brilliant moments in the book, without a doubt. Yeah. You just have to slog through some not so great moments at times. <laughs> and even then, it's like it's not like any of the moments that are not great aren't like it's still good. Like the whole thing is still good. It's just like this is not as good as that other stuff or this really great right. moment. Right. It's just like, it, it maintains a standard, a, a solid standard, and it's just like okay, and then there's these bright flashes of greatness, and you're like, can we get more? Oh no! All right, well, okay, that's fine, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right, so that's it for this one. Um, we'll be right back to close up the show. Broadcasting from the cursed earth, the psycho semanticast. Let us face without panic the reality of our time, the fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities, and let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate grease balls. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew it. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to VD Clinic Episode 6. And happy Halloween. And thank you for joining us for this one. Um, next month we will be discussing, we'll be doing a John Waters episode where we'll be, be discussing his book, uh, Carsick and discussing his film, Serial Mom, which will be exciting. Yes. And Vanessa. Dirty and filthy. Yes. Vanessa, you had a, an announcement to make. Yes, I do. I have, um, we are doing a giveaway. Mm. Um, I am, yeah. Woo. <laughs> uh, I am all about passing on books mm-hmm. and <laughs> you managed to hand off michelle remembers the other day i did actually i I, man- I i managed to hand that off to a friend but living in new york i particularly only have so much space for right. my bookshelf um i wish i had so much more room it's the only thing i i dislike about my apartment um but i will be giving away the stephen king gunslinger uh book that i've read it i've read it once so it is gently used (laughs) but um whoever is the first person to email us 
Ooh, use the email at um so it's vdclinicpod at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. So whoever is the first person to uh, email us gets the book. Nice. Um, yeah. I uh, I want to make sure the book has a good home. So. Yeah, there we go. And when you're finished reading it, either keep it or pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what we should. That's what we should start doing. Since you since you will start giving out books that we've read on the show. Yeah. Spread the yeah. spread the books. Great. S- spread the yeah. Literacy. Spread the excitement. <laughs> Just have to say, we are recording this at the end of Band Book Week. Oh, I'm yeah, very, that's right. I'm always excited about that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what's even on the Band Books list anymore. I barely pay attention to it. The the, the couple I, times I've looked at it, I've been like, really, really? Yeah, that's most of the books that are on there. Yeah, like like Wrinkle in Time was on there. I was like, really? Fucking yep. really? Ray Bradbury, um, Fahrenheit four five one, of course, was on there. Fucking really. Really, exactly. <laughs> that's that's actually ironic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've read I've read part of that book. I didn't finish it. Uh, it was good. I just I was I think I was in high school when I started reading it. Um, yeah. But yes, that that's ironic. Yeah. Of uh, course. Oh, banned books. Oh, banned books. I don't I don't understand. Like, it's twenty seventeen. We have the internet. How the fuck can you ban a book at this point? At least in America. I know. Like, we all have He's smartphones. Surprised. You can fucking go to the library. You can get shit off Kindle. I, I, or iBooks or Google Books or whatever the fuck you have. Like, I don't... I, I just don't, don't understand people who want to ban books, but... Yeah, I don't... I, well, I don't okay. really understand people who want to ban any form of art. Like, well, exactly. Even, if, like, like, admittedly, there's some shit that I'm like, I don't like that. But I wouldn't, like, be like, oh, we should ban that. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Anywho. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah. Um wanna say happy Halloween to everybody. Thank you everybody for joining us. Um yeah. I don't think there's anything else we have Any- to cover. Thank you again to you, Jamie. Oh yes. Oh my god, I totally forgot. Yes. I am such an idiot. Thank you again to Jamie for joining us um for our discussion of the movie. Um most of our listeners, if you've never heard Jamie before, she I think she briefly talked about some of the shows she's done doing. Um, yeah. You can find her over on Devour the Podcast, um, ABCs of Hidden Horror, and I believe she's on Skeleton Crew and... Cinema Beef. Cinema Beef and um, Evil Episodes. Uh, and God knows what else she's on. She does like a million podcasts. It's a kind of obscene. Hardest working lady in podcasts, that's what I'm saying. Well, besides Vanessa, yep. who does... Like, Vanessa's sure. the one who does... Yeah, because you do all the scheduling for this fucking thing. Somebody's got to keep us organized. Oh my god, yeah. Seriously. I can I hand, I can handle the tech stuff, because that's it's easy. I don't have to think about that stuff too much. But as soon as you start being like, hey, let's start planning stuff, I'm like... Argh. Yeah. I, I'm the idea guy. I'm like, here, here's some ideas. You fucking sort them out. <laughs> you make this make sense. So. Sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, go ahead and get out of here. Um, thanks again for listening. And uh, say goodnight, Vanessa. Night, Vanessa.
<laughs> Good night, everybody, and uh, happy Halloween again. Happy Halloween. Bye.